Hello and welcome to the Simply Podcast. I'm Patrick Corbett, Content and Communications Director at Simply. And I'm Aishraja Bailu, Content and Community Manager. Pat, who do we have on the podcast today? We're in for a treat today because we've got Charlotte O'Reilly, Head of Internal Communications and Engagement at the Red Cross. Charlotte has been a communicator for over a decade and has worked for numerous charities throughout her career, uh, including Action Aid and Citizens Advice. We'll be talking to Charlotte about how she engages frontline workers at the Red Cross, workforce expectations in the charity sector, and their It's All Different, All Red Cross DE&I campaign. Sounds great. Let's get started. Hi, Charlotte, and welcome to the Simply Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please? Hi, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to chat. Um, so I'm a bit of an adventure seeker. I definitely get my energy from being outside and solving problems. I'm also a mum of a toddler, so that's a bit of an adventure in itself. Um, I've been a communicator for 13, over 13 years now, um, but most of that time has been in internal comms and pretty much wholly in the charity sector. Oh, great. How old is uh, your toddler, Charlotte? Uh, well, I'm going to hijack this podcast now and talk about toddlers for a minute. So, uh, so it's going to be a parenting podcast all of a sudden. It, it, may, become, yeah. <laughs> it may become one. Yeah, yeah. How, how old is the toddler? Uh, she is two and a half and in peak tantrum mode. Oh, wow. I've got all this to look forward to. My, my, my son is just coming up for six months. So his tantrums are only based on being hungry or that's about it, really. <laughs> so yes, it all... seems like a distant memory now. All I remember is uh, lovely sleepy days at six months. <laughs> I'm sure it's not all that. <laughs> and back to the podcast. Uh, so, um, what is your day to day, Charlotte? What uh, What do you um, do as a head of internal comms and engagements at Red Cross? Yeah, I mean, I think any internal comms role is a privilege, right? Because you get this bird's eye view across an organisation and you can join all the dots, not all the dots all the time, but you can see a lot of them and you get a kind of bird's eye view that nobody else in the organisation gets. So with that, we have a real purpose in our team to keep people motivated, to keep them connected to the organisation and make sure they have what they need to do their jobs. So for me and my role, that entails a lot of working with stakeholders waving the flag for our people, talking about just how much information they can consume, what format they can consume it in, getting the right message at the right time to the right people. Um, our team has responsibility for volunteer and staff communications as well. And so a real being real advocates for the different types of information different people need that have different connections with the organisation. And we've got a real kind of mission at the moment as well to make our comms more fun and enjoyable we're in a very serious and difficult business but that doesn't mean that we can't have fun where it's appropriate along the way so we're trying to inject a little bit more personality into our comms as well do you find there are any particular challenge obviously yeah you work at the red cross and and, and you do uh, amazing incredible work and it but unfortunately as you say it tends to be around disaster relief uh, do you find that that's a particular challenge when you're um when you're communicating and do you think do you find that there's appetite from your employees for a bit more fun as well um but you know why are you coming to the conclusion you want to get kind of get inject more fun and energy is it because people are telling you this that they're wanting it i think part of it is that we you know we we are in a serious and challenging business and that will always come first um but also our people are all individuals they all have their own personalities they all have characters everybody wants to have some kind of fun at work. So it's working about when it's appropriate, when it's not appropriate, and but also giving people the space to tell their stories and be their own 
characters and have that humour with it. So, you know, we might be interviewing a volunteer about, a, you know, an emergency that they've kind of helped or contributed to. But, you know, if they give us a little bit of a soundbite or a nugget that's fun and characterful, then why wouldn't we include it? Like we're all individuals and humans at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, but again, it's about being appropriate and telling those stories well. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned a little bit earlier that you've um, in the past you've worked for entirely across the uh, charity space. So you used to work at ActionAid and Citizens Advice. Um, how do you engage your people and do you have any tips on frontline comms? I feel like frontline comms is the like the perennial question, right? I feel like it's like the holy grail that we're all trying to solve. And I think, I mean, technology is a real bonus now, and it's something that we haven't explored enough for the Red Cross. So on our kind of wish list for this year is to kind of get into what tech is the best. You know, the majority of people now have a device in their pockets. They work off iPads. So how can we make sure that we're channeling our communications through those things? We're not there yet on that. Where we are much better is we know that our managers are well respected, they're listened to, they have great relationships with our teams, our people survey tells us that. So actually trying to get the best information to our managers so that they can pass it on is really key. We have a regular, so it's a monthly uh, newsletter for our managers that really focuses on their role as a manager and what information they need for their people and what we need their people to do. And that has a regularly over 80% open rate. So we know that is getting through. We're in the business now of trying to use the insight and data to just demonstrate we're giving them that information, are people then taking the action as a result of it? So that's our kind of key um, space. But then also, you know, going back to basics, we've just done our staff survey again, posters with QR codes on, we're all used to using QR codes now. So actually get, being where our people are is really important as well. And I think maybe COVID days of forgotten the use of the good old fashioned poster um but those things i think do work as well yeah and i'm in agreement with you uh, charlotte there's some really cr quite clever um i mean uh, an another one that's kind of uh, that always reminds me so the posters are very very good and glencore is a good example where they use posters quite a lot the mining firm but what they also do is a really genius idea with some of their mi uh, mines that are down at kind of i think burkino faso is one of them and quite remote and that not everyone has digital accessibility they have their own radio station as well this kind of creative approaches to getting people to um to to, to action whatever it is or or, or listen to, to the stories of the organization i think qr codes is great because we, we've uh, simply we're just finally getting the, the purpose actually it can be really really handy um i'd like to just quickly ask about um the expectations of your workforce so before this role uh, it feels like a million years ago, but I was Oxford University Press working in communications and um, for the first time in my career, pro pro probably, I felt like we were actually really, really were serious about kind of adhering to the vision, values and mission statements of the business. And we were all, it was around basically enabling education around the globe, you know, there's something really very poignant and serious about that. Now, my guess is that a charity such as Red Cross is next level. So is it perhaps more are the values and, and the mission statements are, are they more tightly tightly kind of bound with the employee than, than maybe you would see in, in a typical money-making uh, conglomerate yeah so i mean for me this is why i work in the charity sector right it's the values it's the cause and like internal comms is very much kind of a behind the scenes role and it's kind of helping to enable all of that as well but I mean, 89% of our people said they're proud to work for the British Red Cross. That is like such a great 
such a great score. And I think also with that kind of proud uh, nature and the values that people have, like people go above and beyond. They do incredible, extraordinary things every day. And I think therefore, as an organisation, you have to be really careful not to take advantage of that goodwill, that commitment. And uh, therefore, I think internal comms have got a real role in celebrating that pride, celebrating our values, but then also making sure that we can make people's jobs as easy as possible. And that's not always an easy job in itself, but can we make the information that they need as quick and easy as possible so they can read it, understand it and get on with their day job and do what they need to do? And that's like one of the things I really love about internal comms is that, you know, you can have as much pride in the organisation as you want, but if fundamentally it's really hard to read that policy that you need to about going on mat leave or your annual leave, like that's rubbish, isn't it? Or if you don't understand what we're asking you to do when we're asking you to complete a training, like that is the nub of it. So I think there's that pride and values, therefore kind of means that a lot of respect is needed from the organisation to its people. And uh, you were talking about frictionless communication there. What 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 technology platforms are you using to 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 reach your employees? So um, at the moment, um, we're actually quite reliant on newsletters. Um, so we use Dot Digital, um, but we have quite a regular rhythm for our organisational wide. And again, like our open rates are huge. We have a regular leaders uh, newsletter as well. That's over eighty percent open rate, and we have a weekly one for our staff, a less regular one for our volunteers. So while there is that feeling that we're over reliant on it. We do know that people are getting through and clicking the links and taking action. So that's that's great. We have got an intranet, um, which we want to have a look at. We want to see if, again, we can do more. We can make that information more accessible. There's loads of PDFs on there at the moment. That's rubbish. That's a rubbish experience. So, you know, we do loads of great stuff, but I think internal comms is always, can always improve, always do more. Um, and then this year, we're going to start looking at enterprise social networks so that is something that we don't have yet which probably comes as quite a surprise for such a big organization but what really is important for me with that kind of platform is that it's really well managed so what we don't want to do is turn it turn something on and just let it be organic we want to make sure that we've got community managers that set up people know how to use it people want to use it and see how then that fits in with the rest of our channel mix as well because I don't want to just lob another channel into quite an already busy channel matrix no that's understandable Do you, have you started doing your, your due diligence and discovery work around the SNs yet not yet not yet we've uh, had quite a big event in the first part of this year so um just looking at planning on that but yeah we we want to do it properly if we're going to do it and that means it might take longer than we would like but we're going to do it properly we will send you a recording in a couple of weeks. If you don't attend Simply IC, uh, one of our specialists is talking about uh, the, creating an ESM playbook. Uh, one of them, yeah. So, um, so hopefully you can be there in person. But if not, we will send you a recording. Over to you, Aish. So, um, you you recently actually led a project to map user needs and transform your channels to meet the needs of your people. How did you achieve this? Yeah. So we were really lucky, and we had budget to spend so we used all things I see and um, to help us with that and actually there's a real value in doing that because then you've got someone external bringing all of that um, experience from different organisations in so it's not just you against yourself comparing so they did a brilliant review for us a lot of that was desktop research looking and again you know the fact that we've got an internet the fact that we use a um, email platform to send stuff out we've got brilliant insight 
um, and data. So they did a huge amount of desktop research and they ran some focus groups um, for us as well. And do you know what? It was really delightful to see how strong our channels were. Um, that said, room for improvement as always. And there were two main things that kind of came out of that that we're really focusing on. So one was around making content work harder. So you get loads of content and quite often it's a one hit wonder. Um, because we use it and then we move it on to the next thing. So how can we take a piece of content and use it again? I don't know, an end of year call or uh, chopping it and using it something different. So we're starting to do more of that. And then the second one is, I mentioned it a few times, but that insight and data that we get out of our channels. So previously, every member of the team did a different, um, took part and did a rotor of different channels, which was a lovely way because everyone got experience. But what it meant was nobody had real ownership or responsibility mm. for a channel. So we changed the way we worked as a team. And so all the different members of the team now own a channel themselves, which means that they dig deep into that insight. Every month we have a team meeting and part of that is bringing back some of those insight nuggets. Um, so just recently, for example, someone's noticed that when we use emojis in um, subject lines, just like all the external data says, more people open it. So now we're looking at how we can use emojis in other newsletters. Again, appropriateness, time and a place in those things. But, you know, looking at what time people open things, which links people are looking at. So all of this really rich insight that was there, we're now looking at it and pulling it out and then doing something with it, which is really, really refreshing. And I think that's going to make the biggest difference. Um, and again, as part of that review, again, it just highlighted our need for that more social channel. Um, so that's kind of scheduled in to look at as well it, it just sounds yeah i mean i took buzzwords out of that it just sounds like you're making things more human uh you know that connection more human and it sounds like that's obviously going to, to to drive engagement further so charlotte i know i touched on it earlier um around um obviously the work that you do at, at red cross and in fact it's usually typically crisis related um and that's what red cross is known for i want to know when it's something particularly um you know tragic let's say such as the recent earthquakes in syria and turkey uh where it displaced hundreds of thousands of people tens of thousands of people have died from it so how does that affect your communications plan um do you um continue with the important bau and kind of adapt to it or does everything just revolve around the crisis of the time yeah it's one of those things that when we start the year we have a beautiful business plan and we never know how much of it we're going to get done because we don't know what emergencies are going to strike next. Um, so we kind of always take that those plans with a pinch of salt. And when disaster strikes, it's much more of making space for our colleagues in fundraising, in the response, in the media, those kind of people that react in the moment, making sure that they have the space to do their jobs. Um, and they're very well oiled machine and it's very slick. Um, so we try and turn down the noise on other things um, internally. I mean, if there is big headlines like pay award or, you know, really important updates, they have to carry on. So, but, you know, trying to make sure that we do that in a really sensitive way. And then also making sure that everyone around the organisation knows how we're responding as well. Like there's so much pride and people want to know what we're doing. You know, we've just been supporting uh, people being evacuated from Sudan. We've been at airports supporting people off planes that have got nothing. Um, and that's, you know, I get goosebumps thinking about it and talking about it. And we want to make sure all of our staff and volunteers know what their colleagues are up to. So there's a role there. And then there's also a really important role that um, I think we've got better at, but actually acknowledging when a disaster strikes like this, this will affect individuals. 
either because they're working on that response and they're seeing it day in day out and that's really difficult or their families might be affected or communities they identify with might be affected. So we're really conscious now that when disaster strikes, we really want to raise the profile of our wellbeing resources, talk to our managers about talking to their teams and making sure people are all right, they know where to get support. So that's the other role that we have. Um, but yeah, trying to turn down the noise to enable um, the rest to carry on. But it really does depend on the disaster and what our response is to it. Yeah. Do you have a wellbeing partner, um, an external charity that you work with uh, as part of that process? We don't um, as such. We have an employee assistance programme um, and then we've got a brilliant um, equity, diversity, inclusion team and they look after the wellbeing. So they bring in different initiatives um, as we go. And we've got a brilliant psychosocial support team as well who both support um, people like our service users, but then they'll also do support. And with our staff who have been working on a particular um, crisis. Okay, thank you very much, Charlotte. And I think you just mentioned equity, diversion, and inclusion. So, Aisha, I think we've got a, a question around some campaigning work that, that Charlotte's been doing, haven't we? We do indeed. We actually wanted to speak to you about um, your diversity, equity, and inclusion campaign called It's All Different, All Red Cross. Um, could you tell us a bit about that, please? Yeah, of course. So I think, I mean, this is a big one on any internal communications agenda um, at the moment. And I think as the, you know, as the content that people consume, we have such a responsibility in this area. And as a team, you know, beyond this campaign, we've been looking at um, how we have more diverse spokespeople internally, how we feature uh, different people in our internal content providing started to work on accessibility guides so people know how to create a really good presentation that um, is really accessible. So we're doing lots of kind of other work that's like structural work um, with the organisation. But then this campaign really was about demonstrating that brilliance of difference, but also that importance of belonging at the same time. So it really honed in on the fact that, I mean, like it says, we are all different, but we are all part of the Red Cross as well. And that's something quite magical. Um, and we had some really brilliant people um, take part in kind of the initial video for that and really kind of um, brave and courageous in kind of just talking about themselves and their neurodiversity or their religion. Um, and it was a really beautiful piece. Um, and with that, we started talking about the use of pronouns. We started talking about how we can bring you know, if you want to bring more of yourself to work, how you can do that and how you can do that as a manager. Um, and we introduced something called the Manual of Me, which really simple tool. It's just a list of six questions on a slide that people can fill in. And it talks about how people prefer to work and what their life is like outside. And they can just share that with their team members. So, you know, we're encouraging the use of that throughout the organisation. And the idea is kind of a bit of an umbrella campaign. Um, so it kind of continues throughout the year. We kind of embed it in other things we do. And the next phase of that is in the planning at the moment is a campaign around kind of a specific angle on that campaign around microaggressions. So our anti-racism survey last year very sadly showed that a lot of colleagues were still facing microaggressions, but actually a lot of other colleagues didn't understand what they were. So probably don't even realise that they're doing it. So, yeah, well, we're using that all different all Red Cross banner um, to really start to explore microaggressions. So I hope it's like a long running uh, campaign that we'll see play out for a long time. Oh, that's great. And um, do you do any microaggressions training for onboarding employees um, or uh, is that something you're looking to do in the future? 
Yeah, we've got some incredible um, anti-racism training overall that our LNOD team put together. So it is all part of our induction. Um, I think there's something there's something really important in kind of that formal learning sense, but then also how we bring that to life with some brilliant content and stories. And again, adding some character um, to, to it to help people really, really understand and also making sure that, again, all of that content is tailored to get out to different people doing different jobs in different parts of um, the organisation as well. Fantastic. Um, you really must, um, for It's All Different, All Red Cross, uh, put in a nomination uh, for our Simply's Award in our excellence in uh, DE&I uh, category. Uh, we can't promise a shortlist, but you really, really should. <laughs> Sounds great, uh, Charlotte. Um, Thank you. Uh, know more about the campaign as well um, later on. You've just mentioned, obviously, one of the things you're doing is around microaggressions. That's in your um, in your pipeline moving forward. But what else is coming up at Red Cross? Um, so yeah, the, I mean, there's always something on the table, and there's a huge amount of work at the Red Cross at the moment on some of that like behind the scenes stuff to improve experience. So you know, everything from down to expenses being paid faster to um, changing the way we log in and stuff like there's loads of that stuff, um, which is really important to communicate. So trying to package that up for people. We've got the microaggressions campaign at the moment. We again trying to add a bit more character and personality. We've got a campaign at the moment about. Um, our data security and our cyber security training, training really want to drive up um, improvement in that to help keep the organisation and our people safe. So again, trying to find different ways into those sometimes quite boring subjects um, as well. And then later on in the year, we'll have our online Red Cross Festival, which will return, um, which is just an online week of events for our staff and volunteers to engage in, which is lovely. Um, there's loads of stuff, yeah. You can't just stop at that online. Go on. What what kind of events and fun things? Well, well, that would be uh, revealing my cards too early. No. Um, well, <laughs> last, last year it was five days, and we had a lovely uh, kind of hybrid, kind of almost one style show style like intro session um, to the week, kind of really showcasing all of our content, and then we used different style sessions to explore our values. We had some lovely again kind of podcast style but they were video um conversations with staff and then we had a few and we had a bake along we had a drawing session we had a yoga session as well so looking at all the feedback from last year's um event and seeing what we want to do this year so just about to start planning that Fab. that's wonderful that sounds like so much fun it's fun it's hard work for the team but it's a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> well that was all of our questions unless you've got anything pat no, I haven't. I haven't. Just want to say that I once won a baking competition at work with my deconstructed, pa yeah, deconstructed pavlova, uh, which basically means here's the meringue, here's the fruit, here's the cream, uh, and uh, yeah, it went down a treat. Um, that sounds more like a buffet than a deconstruction. Well, it sounds posh, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was really, really great, Charlotte. Thank you ever so much for your time. That was a really great interview. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.